Hey everyone, this is Anthony Fleming, Senior Pastor of Church Alive, praying that this message is fresh, real and powerful in your mind, your heart, your family, every part of your life. If you enjoy these messages, subscribe to it, share it with a friend to build their faith. God bless you as you lean in to the power and presence of God's Word. Can we give those people who got baptized a huge hand? Praise God. Man, so beautiful to see Israel's daughter get baptized and to see how far you've grown, man, and where you came from to probably three years, I think, in church, or maybe it's four, I don't know. I remember the first day I met you, though. I actually remember the first day I met Israel, you were wearing sunglasses in church, and to see you with the bow tie now and your daughter getting baptized, pretty cool, pretty cool stuff. Sir Ed, how are you? You good? Ed leads our kids team. Do you appreciate our kids team? Come on, let's pray together before we get in the Word. Father, I just thank you for every person watching online. I thank you for every kid in our kids space, every teacher teaching. I thank you for all of the teams that make this house an amazing house. I thank you for the first time guests. I thank you, God, for people who haven't been in a while. I thank you for them. I thank you for every man, every woman, every young man, every young woman, every family represented. Jesus, I lift them up to you today and they are your people. So God, I pray that you would help your servant. Lord, bless them and wash their feet and allow faith to strengthen them. Allow their spirit to be renewed. Let let rivers of living water flow in this place, I pray. God, let someone leave this place and literally be letting go of the past and pressing on to new days and new things. And I just pray where some are weary and, 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 and just feeling the, the weight of things, I pray that you would strengthen them in, in mighty ways, I pray. In Jesus' name, we thank you for the good things. We thank you for the weather in the name of Jesus. And everyone said, amen and amen. Come on, give the Lord a hand one more time. Do you appreciate, do you appreciate our worship team? Thank them, grab your seat. All right, grab your seat, turn to the person next to you, say you look like you lost weight. (laughs) Turn to that person and say, you're lying, you're lying. (laughs) Um... I had the opportunity to go to St. Augustine recently. St. Augustine is one of the, the oldest cities in America, actually, and it's pretty cool there. I actually got to kind of pass by this one church, and the church was like 400 years old, and you're kind of like, what? I didn't even know that happened in America. I thought it was like 1778 or whatever it was. I'm not a history guy, Ed. You can tell me later after the service and rebuke me for where I'm wrong. That's fine. I'm okay with that. I, I did fall asleep in history class. How many else are with me in the house of God? Yeah, better not fall asleep in this service. The Lord is watching you. And it was cool seeing, I think, so many just older things. It was, I, I wondered to myself how many people who helped build that church 300, 400 years ago could think to themselves today, what we built back then was still making a difference today. 
We often talk about making a difference for generations, but I don't think we actually really take and, and perceive the, the true nature that we are actually building for generations. It was out of the movie uh, Gladiator that the great prophet Russell Crowe said what we do in this life echoes in eternity. We are not just building for generations, we are actually building for eternity. One of the words that the Lord gave us this year around our house was go. Someone say go. go. And it really has felt like quite a releasing word in many ways. I have been encouraged how many people have started new transform groups. I've been encouraged that we are starting a fourth service. I got to go to the Dominican Republic with a number of different transform group leaders and, and, and build a playground and just see some great ministry there. I've actually been to California and Florida and West Virginia and numerous different things. And, and it's just been amazing to see the going of our church, a, a new uh, song being released and numerous different things happening. And I just feel like for even people buying homes and starting businesses, that simple word go sometimes takes the fear off you, doesn't it? It just kind of says, stop waiting on God, but start going with God. And uh, even our 252 weekend coming up, man, if you have not booked yourself into it, slap yourself and book yourself into it because we haven't done this, I don't think, in about four years, but it was a go word for our church. There is perhaps no greater thing that we can do is build men because how many know when you build men, you bless women. You bless kids. You bless the generations when you begin to build. And the truth is that often it is men who are actually causing the problems. Don't worry, receive that with grace. <laughs> Amen. Where should I go from here? <laughs> Let me jump into a text of Scripture. I want to um, point you to a passage of Scripture. Let me give you a little bit of context first. In 1 Kings chapter 3... The Bible uh, records something very, very interesting. It records a moment where the passing of the baton from King David to King Solomon has happened. And in 1 King, David gives him this commissioning line to King Solomon. He says, show yourself to be a man. He literally charges him with the kingship and manhood. It's an amazing moment in 1 Kings chapter 3. God gives Solomon, a moment in history that probably most of us, if we were honest, if you say, would you like this, you would say yes. God literally shows up to Solomon in a dream and says, ask me for whatever you want. Someone say, come on. He says, whatever you want, I'll give you, literally, whatever you want. And he is a young man, and the kingship is just passed to him. And in his heart, somehow the response of his heart is actually, God, I am too young for these great people. I'm only, theologians say, somewhere in the range of 20 years old, and he has become king of a nation. And he asks in his heart for wisdom and understanding. Wisdom and discernment and, and God actually speaks to him in the dream and says, because you didn't ask for riches, because you didn't ask for the death of your enemies, but because you asked for wisdom and you asked for understanding, he says, I'll give you the rest anyway. And it is really an amazing moment where 
God begins to elevate this thing called wisdom in his life. And he then begins to teach us many, many things through, through the Song of Solomons and the book of Proverbs and many other things. And, um, and then in 1 Kings chapter 7, he begins in verse 6, he begins to build the temple. Someone say the temple. The temple, David had desired to build the temple. God says, you're not going to build the temple, but your son Solomon will. And the temple is an amazing place. It, it took seven years to build it. It took 200 or close to 200,000 people to build this temple for seven years. To give it a tiny bit of context, that's Lynnhurst, that's Rutherford, the entire population of two cities multiplied five times, that's your workforce. For seven years, everyone in Lynnhurst, everyone in Rutherford multiplied five times, you worked for this temple and it cost somewhere in the range of $4 billion to build it. It was a place of incredible worship and and then it says this in 1 Kings chapter 21. Then he set up the pillars by the vestibule of the temple. He set up the pillar on the right and called its name Jachin. Someone say Jachin. And he set up the pillar. Someone say pillar. On the left and called its name Boaz. Someone say Boaz. And the tops of the pillars were in the shape of the lilies. So the work of the pillars was finished. Say that with me. So the work of the pillars was finished. Now, just to give you a bit of context, because this is an interesting passage of Scripture, but I think when you read it, you don't see the grandness of it. So I want you to see this quick video for a second, and you're going to see how kind of incredible and amazing this temple really is. Those two pillars you saw at the start of that temple were what I just talked about, were the names Jachin, someone say Jachin, and Boaz. It is an interesting name because Jachin means God will establish and, and uh, Boaz means strength. Someone say strength. Someone say God will establish. Come on, say that again. Say strength. Someone say God will establish. This became the pivotal part of Jewish life for the next 400 plus years until it was destroyed and then it was rebuilt again. And I wondered to myself how many worship services, how many moments of worship and adoration and thanksgiving, literally thousands upon thousands of services would have been done in the name of God. But actually what gets little attention are the pillars. The title of my talk today is, Will You be a pillar. Will you be a pillar? You often talk about pillars. Sometimes you might say that person is a pillar in the community. You might say that person is a pillar of faith or a pillar in the family. My 
father-in-law is a great man. He turned 80 recently and you can tell the way his, his two daughters and his son talk about him. He is the pillar of the family. We love actually pillars. Here's what the Bible says in Galatians chapter 2 verse 9. James and Cephas, meaning Peter and John, those esteemed as pillars. Someone say pillar. He gave me and Barnabas the right hand of fellowship when they recognized the grace given to me. Peter is referred to as a pillar. What's interesting about that is often when you think of a pillar or you think of someone stable, you think of someone faithful, you think of someone strong, you think of someone who's always been there, we often assume that that's just their personality. We often assume that that's just their nature, that's just the way they were. They're always like that. But I want to take a moment for a second and point you to the Apostle Peter because he was referred to as a pillar in Galatians chapter 2. But how many know he didn't start out? He did not start out as a pillar. In actual fact, he started out as an opposite. His name meant read. That's very quiet in the church. But don't worry, we'll get there. Luke chapter 5, verse 1. One day as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, the people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. He saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon. Now, how many know that Jesus does nothing by accident? He steps into his boat, he gets into the boat, and he asked him to put out a little from the shore, and then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered him, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything, but because you say so, kind of a good line, because you say so, Jesus... So I will let down the nets. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners on the other side to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord, for I am what? I'm a sinful man, for he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. So they pulled their boats up on shore and left everything at the life of Peter. Sorry, left everything and followed him. I literally started reading something else. Hello. Someone say, Jesus, help him. (laughs) Holy Spirit, help me. If you look at the life of Peter for a moment, what's interesting about Peter is Peter does not see himself as a good man. He does not see himself as a great man. He does not actually see himself. But when he sees, what I want you to see is, he continue across the journey of his life, he continues to see the goodness of Jesus And it was the goodness of Jesus that changes him. And the goodness of Jesus that changes him eventually makes him a pillar. Hear this again. It is vital. It is the goodness of Jesus that causes you and me to change. It is actually, in the New Testament, you repent and then God blesses you. But actually, most of the time in the New Testament, God blesses you and then you repent. God shows up and says, I want to be in your boat. He invites himself into his boat. Peter has, nothing, has done nothing to earn it. 
He hasn't done anything to earn it. If you actually watch The Chosen, which I actually highly suggest, you actually see the story behind Peter. You go, man, maybe Peter was in some trouble financially. Now they looked, they took a little creative license to actually do it. But I like the story because it gives us a bit of context to perhaps Peter needed a financial miracle. So when Jesus actually shows up in his boat and then there's such a large catch of fish, literally he's like, oh my gosh, he is providing for me. And what's he doing? God is showing his goodness to Peter. And out of the goodness of God, he literally says, no, 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 I am a sinful man. And what does Jesus do? Does he look at Peter and say, yes, you are a filthy, rotten little sinner. No, he actually goes, don't be afraid. Watch this now. From now on, you will catch people. Someone say, from now on. Come on, say, from now on. Man, I love the song out of the greatest showman. It says, because from this rubble, what remains can only be what's true. If all was lost, there's more I gained because it led me back to you. And then he goes, from now on. And if I was an incredible dancer, an incredible singer, let me tell you, it'd be lightning on this stage. <laughs> but the Lord decided to not give me that gift. And he says, from now on. I think there's some Christians in this church who need to stop looking at the past and start saying, from now on. I truly believe. Jesus, don't get me wrong, Jesus ignores his past and says, from now on. Literally, he's like, I am sinful. Sometimes you will come into the presence of God and you will feel a sense of the holiness of God and the goodness of God. And you'll go, oh, I need to change. And it's true, but it's interesting that he literally takes him and goes, okay, from now on. Because I've actually noticed if you stare too long at your sin, it simply holds you back. If you're having a great week, that holds you back. But if you started staring at Jesus, he gets you to move forward. Psalm 103 verse 12 says, He has removed our sins as far away from us as the east is from the west. The people who got baptized today, the most confident thing they could declare is, My past is gone and from now on. And some people will want to remind you of the past, but don't let them. The devil would love to remind you of the past, where you've failed and stumbled and fallen. You say, ah, oh, I've, been, I've been inconsistent. I've been trying to read my Bible, but I haven't been reading my Bible. And, I... <laughs> and then you wait till 2023 and you're like, oh, from this year. And you set all these goals. You've got a vision board. You say, this year, it's going to be different. Bless God. I'm going to be the best man I've ever been. Nine days later, you forgot what you wrote. Do you know how many times as a pastor, you need the words from now on? Do you know how many times as a leader, if you lead anything in this church, from now on? Do you know how many men in this place, how many ladies in this place need to hear from now on? See, when we see the goodness of God, we can actually say from now on. Now, it doesn't mean you avoid some of the things that actually you're 
you're dealing with. It, it actually doesn't mean that, but it does mean that I don't stare at myself all the time. I don't navel gaze all the time. You know, sometimes, you know, you look in the Word, and the Bible actually says in the book of James that we are to look into the perfect letter of the law, which causes freedom and literally change some things. Now, sometimes you look at the law and the Word and say, man, I need to change. And sometimes you need to stop looking at yourself and just look at Jesus. Because the more you look at Jesus, the actual more you see his goodness. And see, when you see his goodness, then your heart says, yes, I can follow him. Are you with me? Listen to what Matthew chapter 16, verse 15. Peter is on this journey of discovering who Jesus is. And Jesus asks him, who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. Now Jesus replied, blessed. Someone say blessed. This is the same man that said, depart from me, I am a sinful man. He says, blessed are you, Simon. Now he calls him Simon, which means read. But here's what's interesting. It's the first time he refers to him as son of Jonah. And Jonah means dove. It literally means the one who has heard from the dove. And because he has heard from the Holy Spirit, now he actually sees Jesus. And the Bible says, and I tell you that you are now Peter. And on this rock, I will build my church. And the gates of Hades will not overcome it. Peter moves from Simon the reed to Peter the rock. Was he perfect from then on? Actually, fast forward just a couple of little verses. And Jesus calls him Satan. Which is about the biggest insult you can get if you're trying to follow Jesus. How we know that Satan and Jesus are opposed. And he says, get behind me, Satan, for you do not have in mind the things of God, but the things of man. Now, what does Peter then do? Does he get offended and leave Jesus' church? No, he actually receives correction, rebuking, and discipleship, puts his kind of tongue back in his mouth, and goes, I guess I've still got some learning to do. Later, continues to see Jesus. It's goodness. When Jesus literally rises, a, a little daughter from the dead, he takes James, Peter, and John with him, and they get to see the resurrection pre the resurrection and literally all that Jesus does is look to a little girl and say, uh, little girl, I say to you, get up and does not do any kind of CPR and this little daughter is healed. How many are you with me? He sees the goodness of God over and over and over and over again and he goes from Peter, Simon the Reed, to Peter the Rock, to Peter the Devil. Watch this now. Now he goes to Peter the denier. Peter the denier. When Jesus, when the pressure is on, he denies him. You know, sometimes I think we talk about that and it is, I don't think we internalize it enough because the truth is, you say, I'd never deny Jesus. But the truth is, when God calls you to do something and you don't do it, you are denying him. And it's often because of external pressure. 
Think of the external pressure for a moment that Peter is literally under. He is literally at a threat to his life. But sometimes we actually back away from the call of God and the things of God because life just gets too busy or there's too much criticism or there's too much stuff and we literally need to go, Jesus, I failed you. But how do you know every time you fail Jesus, he hasn't failed you because he's actually expecting you to fail sometimes. Do you know that Jesus is expecting he's not surprised when you fail? And then sometimes you come to him and say, Jesus, I failed again. And he's like, I know. (laughs) I was there. (laughs) I was watching. And then he comes along and bakes him breakfast and then restores him and asks him the simple question, do you love me? And he's like, yes, Lord, you know I love you. Okay, feed my sheep. Do you love me again? Yes, I do. Tend my lambs. Do you love me? Yep, feed my, feed my people. And then in three moments, he restores him because can I ask you a simple question? Have you ever failed Jesus? But do you love Jesus? Have you ever failed Jesus? But do you love Jesus? And if you love Jesus, you can be restored to Jesus and you can be restored to following Jesus. And Peter becomes the preacher on the day of Pentecost because who else can preach a message about grace like Peter? The one who denies him can now declare him. The one who is fearful is now bold. The one that was faithless is now faith-filled. The one that was filled with Satan is now filled with the spirit of the living God. Peter, here's what's interesting. He preaches on the day of Pentecost, and then in Galatians, Paul speaks of a moment where Peter basically treats Jews way better than everyone else. There's a moment because of his Jewish heritage and the Jewish people were to separate from other people and Christians and Jews were obviously all commingling and they were getting together and there was this tension. It was a cultural tension. Someone say a cultural tension. There was a cultural tension because of that time that he would actually treat Jews way better than he would black people or white people or Latinos or Asians or anyone. If you were not a Jew, actually there was a moment where other Christian Jewish people were treating you as second class citizens. And the apostle Paul actually has to come along and literally rebuke him in front of everyone else. And what does he do? Does he leave the church and get offended and create his own church? No, he changes. Do they cancel him? They don't cancel him. They correct him. And he stays and he gets pruned and he gets corrected. He doesn't get taken down from leadership. He literally has a moment where he is just acting inauthentic to the gospel. And so they're like, hey, stop it. And guess what? He stays. That's a word for people. Look, turn your name and say, you need to stay. See, you need to stay when you get challenged. You need to stay when you get corrected sometimes. You need to stay. Why? Because God is making something in the process of you getting discipled or corrected. I remember a time when I was preaching and and I felt the Holy Spirit correct me while I was preaching. In the middle of my sermon. You would think he would wait. Wait till later, wait till prayer time, wait till communion, wait till my wife talks to me later, wait. (laughs) No, I was in the middle of a message and the Holy Spirit said, you're performing. 
And in that moment, I went, oh. And he was correcting me. Should I leave my own church? Start another church because the Lord corrected me in my own church? No, stay. How many of you know you need correction? Come on, you need correction. You need it. You need it sometimes. Scripture goes on to tell us in 2 Peter chapter 1, listen, how Peter speaks to us. So he says, so get rid of all evil behavior, be done with all deceit, hypocrisy, jealousy, and all unkind speech. He says, like newborn babies, you must crave pure spiritual milk so that you might grow in your full experience of salvation. Cry out for this nourishment. Now that you have had a taste of the Lord's, watch this now, kindness. Now, verse four, you are coming to Christ, who is the living cornerstone of God's temple. He was rejected by people, but he was chosen by God for great honor. Now listen to his language. And you are living stones that God is building into his spiritual temple. The temple of the Old Testament is the people of the New Testament. The pillars of the Old Testament is actually the people of the New Testament. Don't be surprised that God is trying to make something in you. That God is actually trying to get rid of some things in your life and trying to deal with attitudes and heart conditions and all kinds of different things because God is trying to put great things in you so he can put some weight on you. Are you with me? Now let me go to where I need to go. How you guys doing? You doing good? Just checking. Felt like something sneaking up on me. I just... Just what on, just. Hmm. Watch this now. The two pillars were called a name, Boaz. One pillar was called Boaz, strength. One was called Jacob, the Lord will establish, which means this, you have to let the Lord establish you. You have to let the Lord deal with you. And he often deals with you in the process of time. You might be like, Pastor Anthony, I, I want to lead things. Great. Get in the process of time. Just, just be, sometimes people don't want to lead until they've got a title. No, no, no. Forget titles. Don't seek titles. Seek to be established. Don't seek money. Seek wisdom. Don't seek just blessings. Seek wisdom. It'll come anyway. Don't just seek feelings. Seek the Word. And you'll actually get established in life. The longer I live, the more I realize that God processes us in the time. Oh, God gave me dreams at 18 and 19 that I'm starting, I say this, starting to see happen now, 25 years later. Wouldn't the Lord take a little longer? No, I'm starting to see them come to pass. He showed me at 18. Why does, isn't that rude? Shows me at 18, 19, I was going to preach before many people. And that's when we started our church. And our church was 37 people for two and a half years. And I was like, Lord, you showed me lots of people. He's like, yeah, I'm processing you. I'm establishing you. Taking my time with you. You got more junk that needs to get sifted out. You got more stuff that needs to go. I, 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 no, 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 you're not bronze yet. 
I need to take away that thing. I need to take away that thing. I need to make sure you're doing it for the right reason. I need to make sure you don't need it. I need to make sure you're not elevating yourself. And how many know that doesn't just happen in a moment, but that continues to happen over the years? You know, some of the worship team in our church, you're incredible people, but can I just say this to you more than anything else? Be more impressive in private. Be more impressive in private than you are in public. Our transform group leaders, be more impressive in private than you are in public. Because then you don't have to put on a show. It just is who you are. Because God sees, I've noticed the private times. God watches private things. He deals with us many times in private. As Steve was talking about, it was Jesus was watching giving. Isn't that interesting that Jesus sat there and watched? How awkward is that? How many would probably give a little more if Jesus was literally watching you? Like, hey, are you going to keep watching? Awkward moment. Jesus, uh, wait, just turn, look what's happening over there. There's some tables to flip over. Just. <laughs> sees anyway. But here's where I want to go. First Kings 8. When the priests withdrew from the holy place, the cloud filled the temple of the Lord. And the priests could not perform their service because of the cloud. For the glory of the Lord filled His temple. It's interesting that God Himself in 1 Kings chapter 8 walks in. But I want to point you to this. Listen to me. He could not walk in had they not been pillars. There was nothing to walk into had there not been pillars. There was nothing to walk into unless there had been pillars. God Himself, the miracle worker, wasn't walking in until there was pillars. So let me say this to our kids' team, there needs to be pillars. Our youth team, there needs to be pillars. Our transform group, there need to be pillars. I can point you to 50 or so people who 10 years ago have been pillars in this house for 10 years. And I begin to see God expand things and grow things and walk in. But I tell you, He's looking for some new pillars. He's actually looking for some people. Here's what I felt like the Holy Spirit told me today or this week. I felt like the question was, will you be a pillar for the work of God for this next year? For five years from now, from 10 years from now, will you be a pillar? Will you just keep staring at the goodness of God long enough till you like Peter, you stumble, you fall, but you get up again. And eventually when you stare at Jesus long enough, let me tell you, when you stare at Jesus long enough, you might be like, Pastor Anthony, I I tried that and I failed. Keep staring. Keep following. Look at Peter. Peter was a mess. But in Galatians chapter 2, he is a pillar. He goes from reed to rock. Not just rock, but now pillar. So that God can walk in. And I felt in my heart, the Lord asked some people, will you be a pillar? 
Will you be a pillar for the next move of God? A pillar's always there. I've noticed about a pillar. You don't ask the question, is a pillar there? Pillars are there. They're just faithful. They're just there. They show up. They don't quit. But here's the thing about pillars. The pillar knows it's not about the pillar. The pillar doesn't need to be known. The pillar doesn't need a name tag. The pillar doesn't need it. He just is a pillar. And here's what I found also about pillars. Eventually, people start to know you're a pillar. Because they look back 10 years and you're a pillar in your business. You're a pillar as a mother. You're a pillar as a father. You're a pillar as a government leader. You're a pillar as a teacher. You're, a, you're just a pillar. You just become a pillar. Is there anyone in this place that needs to, from now on, from now on, from now on, stop staring at your past. From now on, start doubting yourself. From now on, don't even look to your good attributes and your disciplines and all that kind of stuff. What about this? From now on, stare at Jesus. Because when we stare at Jesus, guess what happens? We are changed. We're changed. Second Peter 3.18, the last words of Peter. But grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's his last prayer to the church, last statement to the church. But grow in the grace. How? Why would he talk about grace? Because who knew grace more than Peter? But grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Read to rock, but rock to pillar. Maybe you've been unstable. That's okay. From now on. From now on, from now on, you'll become a rock. Just there. God's working on you. God's shaving off some things. God's taking off some rough stuff. Someone offended you. You used to leave. Now you just stay. Now you forgive. You go, you know what? I am better than that. I can reconcile. You know what? I can act like a Christian. Let me just tell you, Christians are forgiving people. You know, this week I just had to, in my own heart, just go and forgive them. Some people saying rude things, you know that, Ed? Lucas, sometimes people say rude things. But you know what I've realized? <laughs> you know what I've realized? Most of the time, as Jesus said, Father, forgive them for they don't actually know what they're doing. Because I've been there. Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Come on all across this place. Would you close your eyes? Oh, Holy Spirit, I thank you. And I ask that you would apply this message to your people. Strengthen, strengthen. Strengthen with faith, strengthen with fresh hope, strengthen with vision. I pray a fresh oil over your people right now. And I pray, Lord God, where there's some stress, where there's some things, Lord, that you are actually shaking some things in some people. I pray, Father, that out of that shaking time would come a more, a, a more resolute, more steadfast gold in them that actually would reflect more of your glory in time to come. Oh, Holy Spirit, I pray that you would speak to your people and guide your people. In the mighty name of Jesus. Our heads are bowed all across this place.
Maybe you're a first-time guest. Maybe you've been around a few weeks, a few months. Maybe you have not been in church in a long time. But you feel disconnected from God. Maybe you've never placed your faith in the person of Jesus Christ. He didn't come for perfect people. Peter tells us that. He came for imperfect people. Sinful people. He looks at Peter and says, from now on. Maybe looks at you today and says, from now on. Walk with me. From now on, believe upon me. From now on, be forgiven. All across this place, while eyes are closed. Just in a heart of surrender and re-surrender. Can we just re-surrender to Jesus? All across this place. Actually, I want everyone to stand to your feet. Maybe you need to re-surrender to Jesus. Just open your palms to heaven right now. Just as a sign of surrender. All across this place. God, help us see your goodness. Help us stare at you. Oh, fix our faith. Fix our mind. Fix our heart, Lord. Lord, I ask you to help your people soften their hearts that they might re-surrender to you. Help each one re-surrender to you. Help each one re-surrender to you. Maybe in this place and you've never surrendered. I want to talk to you for a second. I'm going to pray a simple prayer. And that prayer can be the change that you need. We are sinful. God is holy. But Jesus is full of grace. And He wants to give you that grace if you don't know Him. If you're online today and you don't know Him, He wants to give you that grace today. So all across this place, let's pray this prayer. Say, Jesus, I ask you, forgive me, cleanse me. I turn to you. From now on, I trust in you. Forgive me. Make me a child. In your mighty name, while eyes are closed. All across this place, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, or you prayed that prayer, and you know you have not been, you've never placed your faith in Jesus, or you know you've run away from God, slipped away, fell away. All across this place, would you quickly raise your hand, raise it up high, just say, Pastor Anthony, that's me today. I need to come back today. I need to come back today. I need to come back today. Hands going up all across this place. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Thank you, man. Thank you, sir. Thank you in the back there. That's awesome today. Thank you, those in the middle there. That's awesome today. Thank you, those surrendering afresh. Put your hand down. Father, I thank you for every hand. I thank you for every heart. Lord, as people leave this place today, I pray that more than anything else, the goodness of God would go with them. The grace of God would go with them. And Lord, it cause us to follow and, and to believe and to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Lord, I bless your people now to follow you. I bless them with your strength. I pray over them a fresh anointing over their lives and homes and families. But more than anything, else. Let their hearts align with you, Father, I pray in Jesus' name. Come on, if you receive God's Word today, would you give the Lord a huge hand in the house of God?